The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, Philly Jack Barton, Packy White, Albie, Bigger Melvin, and Bing Hooley walk into a bar. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me this week is co-host Dean. Dean, I had you back. You're back. You had me back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me back on such short notice. That's great. Hey, man. Good job on last week's episode. Yes, thank you. It's great to be back on the show. I feel honored to be on Talking Back. Thanks for having me. Don't screw it up. I will try not to. Replacements are... Are waiting in the wings oh no oh no i, I feel the pressure i feel i brought tons no. of notes today because i feel the pressure i'm kidding dean i'm kidding okay don't worry about it it's all good okay because i was lying i don't have any notes um no i'm more of the note guy you're the driver I'm the driver of this bus yeah and sometimes we take the wrong turn i'm just a passenger that's right and you didn't pay your fare by the way oh Sorry. Okay. Have you no? I got I got empty pockets today. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. That's why I need you to pay some fare. <laughs> I need some fare. No, it's, it's only to buy beer. That's all I would spend the fare on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, you um, could pay your fare with beer if you'd like. I could do that. I mean, I do that sometimes. Sometimes I show up and pay my fare with beer. That's true. I'm, I assume many transactions have been made with uh, the exchange of beer. If you're driving the bus, though, you shouldn't be drinking. The, it's for later. It's for later. The beer's for later. Right. Right. Well, sometimes the bus just has to drive itself while you drink beer. Right. In the back. Brian drives the bus when you, yeah, uh, when you right. have to drink the beer. Yeah. That's right. Brian. Brian's our bus driver. Yeah. Remember Brian? Yeah. We haven't talked with Brian in a while. For anybody no. who doesn't know who Brian is, maybe you've missed a few episodes. Brian is our um, robotic companion who does our intro and uh, outro uh, kind of uh, clips. Yeah. He's, he's the sp- he's the voice of our uh, music. He used to have a bigger role in the show, um, but he got pissed off at Tim one time. And I think he really got pissed off that you made me co-host. That's what really happened. Yeah. He was getting sassy. He was. He was getting sassy. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring him back for something. The thing is, like, he's such a unique character that, it's got to be something special to bring him back for and something that would fit. Yeah, we, we he had does him, like uh, to sing. Yeah, we had him sing sing with us on our Christmas episode. Yeah. That was a great time. He did a good job on that episode. Oh, yeah. Great jingle bells from him. He is the one waiting in the wings, Dean, in case uh, you I th- screw I thought up. so. How am I doing so far? Oh, you're doing great. Okay, perfect. Uh, Yeah, Dean, comics this week? Uh, not only comics, Tim, but... My favorite guy. Uh, more than that, this is your favorite single issue Batman comic ever. Tim, that is that is 100% true. And you've read all of them. Uh, well, I haven't read all of the Batman comics, but I have read a shit ton of Batman comics, maybe close to a thousand or more. Okay. What percentage of all the Batman comics do you think you've read? Like, are we talking like 60%? Are we talking 80%? 
we're talking 20%. What are we talking here? That's a great question. Um, I feel like I got to be sitting at 50 at least. Okay. So um, there's just so many comics out there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I I've traveled, I, I've, you know, traveled through the decades trying to read Batman comics. And, you know, I didn't really grab as many as I should maybe in the sixties. I kind of, you know, breezed through that. Um, but I have read a ton, a ton of Batman comics. The thing is that Batman has so many books. He's in so many books. So to like cover all the Batman comics out there would be impossible. But I feel like I got to be at 50%. I want to take a tally. Cool. That's very cool. So Dean. Yes, we're talking about Batman number 251 today. And it is called the Joker's Five-Way Revenge. Yes, it is. From the wonderful year of 1973. Oh, what a great year. I loved that year. Yeah. Did you? Were you were you uh not born yet? I was minus five okay. in seventy three. Yeah. yeah. But I was still loving it. Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you love it? Yeah. Don't be a hater. I I love it. I love it. You love it too, yeah. I, I mean, love it for this comic as well. I knew you I would. Exactly. What what other reason would you need other than that? Yeah. Um I'm sure if anybody like looked up 1973 right now, I bet a bunch of terrible shit happened. Oh, <laughs> probably... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoever had to live <laughs> yes. through that. Yeah. If <laughs> bad things happened, we apologize. Yeah. I just get to read the comics from that time. We're only talking about the good things that happened in 73. That's what we're in love with. Yeah. Joker's five-way revenge. Right. Okay. Dean, after yes. the popular Batman TV show from the 60s fizzled mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. in 68, so did the Joker in comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, after making a final appearance in Justice League of America number 77, where he gets captured and sent to prison, the Joker... Of course, that's where he should be. Well, I guess so. In prison. No more in comic books. He should be in prison. If you're against the Joker, I guess. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not what I believe. I want him in comic books. Yeah, well, the Joker, because of this, would be out of comic books for four years. Mm-hmm. Now, the return of the Joker in 1973 would also see the Joker return to his violent roots. Yeah, see, because let's get something straight. The Joker in the 60s is prank Joker. He's just pulling pranks and he's doing crimes that he thinks are funny. This isn't murderous Joker. This isn't like like diabolical Joker who has these crazy plans that he's like worked up and ends in death. So this is a Joker we haven't seen in many, many years. You are correct, sir. In the uh, Golden Age of Comics, he was portrayed as the mass murderer. But in the Silver Age, like you mentioned, he was more of like this annoying prankster. And Mm -hmm. he also had very, very few appearances. Like he was not around very often. Um, Comics code. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sassles. Comics code fucked him. Now, this portrayal of the Joker, this like mass murder portrayal, this is the one that's withstood the test of time. And basically remains today. This is like whatever stories you find now across whatever medium. This is how the Joker's portrayed. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the one that's stuck. Definitely. And like the characteristic that everybody loves about the Joker. Um, we'll get to it when we get to it. But it happens in this comic book. Now, this issue also gets back to the idea that criminals like the Joker should be held in mental hospitals for the criminally insane. Now, again, this was a concept that the Silver Age departed from, 
but the golden age had uh, made reference to. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Side note, Arkham Asylum would officially appear seven issues later in Batman number 258. Yes, I was just going to say that. I'm sorry for stealing your thunder. Uh, it's, it's totally fine, Tim. Okay. Um, the team on the book, basically, Denny O'Neill, the writer, and Neil Adams, the artist. Now, Dean, Dream team. Yeah, I'm just going to let you go ahead and tell us all about them. I'm going to tell you all about them, Tim. You you stepped in it this time. I'm going to I'm going to spend so long about these guys. Um, no, um, Denny O'Neill is just like he's kind of my hero. Uh, I think reading reading all those issues of Batman from the 40s and 50s and 60s, you can see that in the 60s, it takes like a, it takes a goofy turn. And, it, it you know, it has mostly to do with that uh, with that. 66 batman show it's like it became just fun and funny and the comics went the same way because the show was popular um but the problem is when you had a serious character in the 40s um you had kids reading it in the 40s and now those kids are 30 years old and they don't want a goofy batman they want their serious batman uh so dc recognized this and they realized that you know the goofy Batman isn't the thing anymore. That's not what's like, it's everybody's actually mad at that. We're, we're losing our old fans and we're not gaining any new ones. So we need to go back to the roots of Batman. We need to go back to Batman being serious. And they task Denny O'Neill to do that. And what I love about Denny O'Neill is he sits down and he reads a couple issues from the forties. And he's like, we don't need to reinvent Batman. This is Batman. This is fucking it right here. You had it and you lost it. Let's just go back to that. He tries to make a connection between a kid who saw his parent shot and a man who dresses up like a bat. Like these are two like ideas. Like it can't be the 66 show. Like how could that person have turned out that way if they saw their parent shot in front of them? So he makes that connection and tries to fill in the gaps and gets right down to the roots of, you know, Batman being a detective, Batman being obsessed with justice he is he knows he's obsessed and it's not that he it's not that he uses it like he knows and it's a weakness he uses it as a strength he knows that he's obsessed with catching the criminals um and so that's what batman becomes in the 70s and we don't have the dark knight returns without denny o'neill's batman we don't have christopher nolan's batman without denny o'neill's batman um we don't have Batman as we love him today without these comics. Excellent. Thank you. Now, unfortunately, very recently, Denny O'Neill has passed away. Yeah. There was um, some comments from Neil Adams uh, about Denny that I thought I would read. Uh, He says, everyone asks, did we work closely together? He says, no. Were we friends? He says, no says, Denny was a news writer, often on the night beat. His eyes saw reality, and he wrote that into his work. Denny wrote comics of characters that emerged from reality. I really like that comment, because it's very true in his writing. He says, were we alike? No. Denny was a passionate Irish writer. I am a Sasquatch, bumbling around, crashing through walls, and upsetting every apple cart in the hall. Awesome. He says, again, were we friends? In our way, the best of friends. Professional friends. I'm glad he was there to help me do the work by doing his half. He changed comics for the better. So, 
I thought those comments were interesting because I was expecting Neil Adams to be like, oh my goodness, we were such great friends. Uh, We had such a great relationship, but it sounds like they worked from afar, Um, you know, just like sending, it sounds like, you know, uh, Denny would send his writing and Neil Adams would draw based upon the writing and they only had a very professional relationship. So I thought that was really interesting that, you know, what, what seems like these the two of them together what they're producing feels so tight that you'd mm-hmm. almost expect them to be in the same room like bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to make the perfect thing that they could but in reality they're they're both just masters of their class and they don't need to do that they just produce one of them produces master writing the other one produces master art to go along with it and it works because they're both like so good yeah, that's really interesting because I would I would say Denny O'Neill's my favorite Batman writer and I would say Neil Adams is my favorite Batman artist. So just to know that they weren't really doing it, you know, together as a team, they were doing their thing to the best of their ability and it was just paired like perfectly together. That is very interesting because Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams have this sort of everybody knows they have this epic run of Batman comics. It's actually only 12 issues. They were only together on 12 issues. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I thought it was way more than that. No, that is a shocking number. Wow, that is. And all 12 are perfect. They are so good. I bet. And it is it is very like that to me when I found that out, I I was blown away with that how low that number is, but then I read every one of those issues and every one of them knocks you out of the park like you could just totally tell that yes i understand why we would get into the 80s and be like oh man that run of neil adams and denny o'neill was so great Hmm. and neil neil adams actually like one of i mean my favorite batman artist right now it's the background on my phone it's the avatar i use is neil adams batman um and i actually have been in the same room as that guy before I was a huge comic fan and I didn't know who he was. Oh really? I had, yep. I had been to a comic I had been to a comic shop two times before. So I when I was first getting into comics, I was kind of buying them on Amazon at first. And then I was like, oh, you know what? There's like all these comic shops around. I should go support local business. So I go to a comic shop one weekend, I buy, you know, a bunch of trades, maybe seven or eight. I go the next weekend, buy a bunch of trades, maybe seven or eight, and the guy says, Oh, hey, I recognize you you here's 10% off, you know, come back anytime. So I was like, Oh, great. Here's where I'm coming all the time. The next time I go there, line up outside the door, because it's a pretty small shop. So I get in there, I walk in, there's some dude signing autographs. And he's talking about Batman. I have no idea who he is. I just go to the front. I buy my books. I kind of look at look at what's going on and walk out. I see that it's Neil Adams. I go up and look at online. I was like, Oh, you know, this is some pretty good Batman. Then I get in years down the road, I get into actually reading his Batman comics. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's my favorite Batman artist. I was in the same room as him. I should have just gotten that fucking line and got like my chest signed by the guy. Like, I just need to talk to the guy. Um, So, you know, if you're new to comics and you're walking into a you're walking into a comic shop and there's a line outside the door, just get in it and talk to the guy. Just ask him what he did. Ask him what he, just be honest, say, I don't know, really, I'm new to comics. I don't know what you've done, but tell me about it. Because he was just telling Batman stories and I didn't sit there and listen. Hmm. That's too bad. It is too bad. But like the guy, I love the guy. Yeah, I love the artist now. And I was in the same room as the guy. 
Hmm. That's too bad. Thanks, Tim. I don't know what else to say. Sh- I'm shedding a tear over here it's about a, it. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's a it's a tragic story. It is. I mean, you didn't know any better, so you can't be held responsible. Honestly, yeah, I I didn't know any. I had not read those comics at all, so I did not even know his name. Right. Um. Oh man, though, he's he's so great. I absolutely love his art. Just like look at the cover. Look at this iconic cover for this issue. It just it blows me away. Denny and Neil both contributed to the story. So they realized that this was going to be a great opportunity for the two of them to collaborate and they wanted to make something great. So they decided it was time to bring back the Joker, but they struggled to figure out how. Denny was ready to go with the mass murder route, but they had to work around the Comics Code of America. It's stamped right on this cover. Those assholes. Yep. So Adams tells O'Neill he's not going to let the comics code become a problem. Just write what you have to write. O'Neill says, I'll kill a lot of guys. And Adams says, all right, nobody is going to notice. That's amazing. Oh my goodness, Tim. That's an amazing fact because you don't really see anybody die in this book. And so many people die in this book. Yeah, I actually... (laughs) After reading this, Dean, I went back to the comics code and I went line for line over all of their stuff. You do your due diligence, Tim. (laughs) Just to see if they were even treading on anything in the comics code. They didn't even come close to touching on anything in the comics code. Uh, So, yeah, they did a great job with it. It, And it is like the, the Joker has come back and is one of the most vicious Jokers we see in this comic so it is amazing that they didn't even come close to those anything on that code yep yeah totally 100 percent. and the fact that they were worried about stepping on the code's toes ahead of time right knowing that there were going to be possible issues they still get out what they want to get out and there's no issues so yep very very cool so dean tim i want to get right into it and talk about page one. Yes, I love talking about page one, Tim. Do you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, we're past the cover. We're on page one. Yeah. I I like how the Joker looks. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. I have to stop you. Oh. Um, page one for me. <laughs> oh, no. Was a full page ad for a <laughs> Charles Atlas world number one bodybuilding book you could order online why why do you have that as page one i don't know i bought the digital copy me too really yeah i have the digital copy i don't have that ad page one it's a giant (laughs) full page spread it says don't be half a man and there's a picture of a bodybuilder dean there's a comic on the right hand side Okay. It's it's called The Insult That Made a Man Out of Mac. And here's the dialogue. They're, they're on the beach, some people on the beach. There's a, a guy and a, a girl. And the guy says, hey, uh, quit kicking that sound in our faces. There's a, a buff dude playing football running by. Okay. okay. And, and the girl says, that man is the worst nuisance on the beach. <laughs> so the little the little scrawny guy goes up to the, to the bigger guy and says, um, he, he's trying to talk him down a bit, but the big guy says, listen here, I'll smash your face. 
Only you're so skinny, you might dry up and blow away. Oh, no. So the little guy's embarrassed, and he leaves with the, with the girl, and he says, um, The big bully, I'll get even someday. The lady says, Oh, don't let it bother you, little boy. <laughs> uh, and then the guy says, uh, he's, he's back at home kicking furniture over. He says, Darn it, I'm sick and tired of being a scarecrow. Charles Atlas says he can give me a real body. All right, I'll gamble a stamp and get his free book. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's a giant. He's huge. And he's oh, flexing wow. in the mirror. He says, boy, it didn't take Atlas long to do this for me. What muscles? That bully won't shove me around again. He goes back to the beach for revenge, Dean. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. How This is all on one page? Oh, yeah. There's so much on this page. This is okay. just like a tiny portion of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> he goes back. He says, there's that big stiff again showing off in front of Grace and the crowd. Well, it's oh. my turn this time. And he goes over and he smacks someone. Says, Great. wham. Now it's your turn to dry up and blow away. And then the girl says, oh, Mac, you are a real man after all. Wow. What a what a story. And that's for this guy's book that will show you how to like become huge and buff. And like at the bottom of it, it says like all these things about how do you want to get big and all this stuff. And then it's got this little like mailing um, like address at the end. And it says enclose 10 cents for the 32 page book to what? like learn how to get giant and muscular. And we got to get this book. Guys we got to we got to track down this book. Oh, yeah, I looked into it. It's $55 online. So Okay, we got to Might get still that. be worth it. Yeah, we got to get that and we got to we got to test it out. We should get that, hey? I yeah. was thinking and we, we... and we should both try it and then we should give uh, buff updates. <laughs> You're so starting sad. a little ahead of me at the moment, but we'll, we got to give buff updates. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah, I like it. We um, got to get that book. I just had to call out to that first page of my comic totally. because that was the first I was all ready for this comic. I hadn't read it before. I sat down and I get that ad. Which is this 1973 like, this is ad? It was. It's so fun, and I remember wow. like reading like back when I started reading comics. I remember all these old advertisements that are in them, right? Totally. Um, yeah. that I had forgotten about because digital comics nowadays, like they don't have any advertisements in them, right? It's just yeah. all like good content. But uh, I mean, the book that I bought, Dean, it's full of these ads, like these different That's types wild. of ads. Do you have no ads in yours? None, not one. And you got digital. That's so. I weird. got digital. Yeah. Have so many like cool, bizarre seventies ads. That it's is really so neat. strange. Yeah, that's neat. I love Anyways, that. I won't talk about them anymore, but I had to throw that in. So, oh, that is so good. Thank you, thank you for throwing that in. You're welcome. I'll uh, I'll post something about that on social media. It's really really amazing. Fun. Amazing. Okay, now Dean, let's get to the real first page. <laughs> the real first page has a great looking Joker. He looks so scary. There's laughter all over the page. The word revenge is huge on the page. I see this and I get excited for the Joker's return. What I really like about it, I mean, I didn't live through this time where the Joker had been gone for many years and the Joker had been, you know, not very, um, you know, evil for many years. He had just been doing pranks. I turn to this page and I know right away this is going to be the murderous Joker. This is going to be the scary Joker um, just just from his face and his look. Definitely. I would say on this first page that Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams both come out of the gate swinging here. 
hundred percent. They just they they hit it out of the park. I do just want to read the intro on that first page because Please I feel do. like it's so excellent. Please do. Uh, it's like a narrative. Yeah. From the darkness of a country road somewhere north of Gotham City, and from the greater dark of a past filled with evil, comes a terrifyingly familiar face. Thunder racks the earth and lightning scars the sky, and wetness streams from the clouds like tears of mourning. It is as though nature itself were weeping, and well it might, for there is death abroad this night it's yes gorgeous writing and then you uh juxtapose that with this giant like joker face he's -hmm. got this maniacal laugh and he's in a car driving it looks like it's raining in the car it does yeah it doesn't look like that like you can like if you look closely it's on the windshield on both the windshield and the side window but the way they make it look is like it's raining in the car it's so it's so well done, man. I, I that's love really, it. That's a really good point. Yeah, every spot where the rain is hitting the windshield looks like it's hitting him. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I Oh, man, I just like fucking love the Joker. I actually have like a complicated relationship with the Joker because I go between love and hate. A little love-hate um, there. Yeah, a little love-hate because I like really like him as, you know, the adversary of Batman and like he's... He just makes such interesting stories, but also I had to like write an article on the horrible things that Joker has done. And when I got deep, deep, deep into that article, I like just started to resent him so much because he's done so many horrible things. And I couldn't imagine that someone could like write these horrible things that he's done. So I had like a real, (laughs) a real down period with him where I just hated him. But like a story like this, like just shoots him up like for me into like one of the tops villains ever like i just love i love what the joker is to batman and what he is to a batman story right so commissioner gordon is on his way to a lonely spot on the outskirts of the city yeah there's a dead body there yeah he says he wishes batman would arrive when batman leaps out of the bushes and says he's been there for 10 minutes already so Tim, Dude, I, Tim. I love yeah did you see? He's not leaping out of the bushes. Yeah, I know. He's got an umbrella. Yeah, he's standing right beside Gordon. Well, I mean, Indeed. he's kind of like in the bushes. He's beside but, the bushes. No, but he's but he is standing right beside Gordon in the, like, second frame. Yes, with his umbrella. Yes, but his, like, cape is blue, and it kind of just looks like the background. Like, I did not see him there. But then he jumps out. Like, he leaps out. Right, yeah, He's yeah. not just like, hey, I'm right beside you. He, like, leaps no. out at them. Yeah, he's like, I've been here for 10 minutes. I had to look back, though. It got me. Oh, yeah. But I love that posturing. Like, I love how Batman does that. Like, he's letting everybody know that he's better than them. He's been yeah. there. He's already been there. And, like, he wanted to get there before they tainted the scene. <laughs> totally. I love it. I love like, that aspect I, of him. I have, like, while while this um, comic has, like, Joker's five-way revenge, I feel like I have, like, five things in this comic that I think are amazing. Like, that I think are just, like, the best comic storytelling um that i've seen in any other comic and it's why it's my favorite batman and this is one this is number one how you introduce batman he's in the frame you don't know about it he jumps out and he's like yeah i've been here you guys are gonna i wanted to see the scene before you touched it so you better be planning to list those off as we go i hope you know it i got five beauty now batman says about the dead body there's no question this was done by the joker 
And I'm going to call out to the art here. There's a real neat small panel of Batman swinging underneath a bridge. And there's so much detail to the underside of the bridge. Like that is an object you could probably get away with just doing a solid color and a couple of lines. But Adams goes to such incredible detail to do the underside of a bridge. Like, yeah, really good I, I love that. It's That's so impressive when you, you do something you don't need to even do. I don't even know how many people are going to look at that frame yeah. and notice that there's detail in the underside of that bridge. But it was, impor- be, it was yeah. important to him to do. I'm going to be honest. I did never notice it before. I've read this comic so many times. And now that you pointed out... It is amazing. You can, he could have just made that solid, but you have, you can see the cars through it. Like you can see what cars are driving on it. Um, incredible. It's, it's super elaborate. Batman is off to investigate this on his own because he thinks the police are going to be too slow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they always are. So Batman thinks that the Joker might be after his old gang. So that's who Batman's going to go and pay visits to. Mm-hmm. Now, first up is Packy White, an old Packy box, White. an old boxer. Mm-hmm. Batman lets him know they already found Philly Jack Barton dead. These, are, these names are so good, so fun. <laughs> Philly Jack Barton. Philly Philly Jack Barton is dead. Now, listen, <laughs> uh, Packy White and Batman, they start to fight. But as they're fighting, Batman is explaining everything to him. So Packy White agrees to be put in police protection, and has a sip of water, but the water has Joker's nerve toxin in it, and Packy White is dead, Dean. I know, I know, Tim. Packy White is dead. It's 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 very sad. And this encounter between Batman and Packy White is my number two. Batman comes in. Obviously they have a history because Packy White, I mean he's he's part of Joker's crew, so he's probably been put away by Batman. So Batman comes in. He's coming to warn him that something's going to happen. Packy White's boxing and like working the heavy bag. So Batman grabs the heavy bag to hold it for him as he discusses with him. Packy White kind of misses the heavy bag and almost hits Batman. And Batman, oh, that's okay. You know, no problem. He, he apologizes. Almost got me there. He <laughs> apologizes. Sorry about Packy that. Packy <laughs> White on the next swing. Packy White tries again and misses the heavy bag. Almost hits Batman. He says, oh, so sorry. So sorry again. And Batman says, perfectly all right. You know, no problem at all. Then you flip the page and Packy White has pushed the heavy bag aside and is just charging Batman and swinging his fists. This type of use of just even like the comic book page for me is another thing that puts it over the top for me. Just this this fun, uh, almost like it's a dance. They're like their little fight is almost a dance. You get this back and forth and it's fun at first. And then you turn the page and he's just abandoned the heavy bag and he's just charging Batman. And now Batman is actually going to have to defend himself while he's there to help him. That's my number two. Cool. Yeah. I liked how Batman like explained everything as he was fighting him. He's just like, yeah, like, no, it's okay. Like, don't, you don't have to fight me because this is what's going on. But the guy just thinks like Batman's there to get him. Right. Yeah. Um, at this point in the book, I'm I'm really noticing that uh, Denny O'Neill is doing a, a fantastic job with the voices of these characters mm-hmm. because I'm reading them all as different people. Like nothing mm-hmm. like uh, d- dialogue is not blending together for me or anything like that. Like I can tell Batman's voice and I can hear it and I can hear I can hear Packy White's voice and, and I can hear the commissioner. And it's um, I, can, I don't know what he's doing. 
Yeah, it's a really good point. But they all seem to have a certain tone in the dialogue that he's writing for them that separates them from each other. Yeah, and he has to write a number of different um, voices here. Yeah, voices yeah, a number of different voices, a number of different allies of Joker are in this comic. Um, so yeah, he's got a, a, a like similar character, but he has to make a new voice for him. And you're right, they all kind of have their own voice. It's great. Yeah. So the next part was a bit unexpected for me because I thought at this point I had an idea for how this comic was going to go down, mm-hmm. but I was immediately wrong when we see the Joker is the one to visit the next gang member. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Batman would be going one after another talking to these people, but Joker has found Albie and wants to know if he's the one who betrayed him. I mean, that's good info, right? That's info you want to know. That's definitely info. If you have just got back from prison, that's the info you want to know. Right, exactly. Dean, did you betray me? I did not. Okay. It was. It, I promise it was not me. It must have been Brian then. It was. It was totally Brian. Okay. That's fucking I'll, Brian would do that. I'll take it up with Brian then. Yeah. Um, Dean Joker gives Albie a cigar. Unfortunately, it's of the exploding type. Yeah. And Albie's dead. Dean, that's three down already. I know that it's three down and we are like, okay, I'm going to click on the page. We're like seven, seven pages, pages in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're seven pages we into the comic started. and three people are dead. One body that we came across, another one that we saw get poisoned, but then another one just got blown up. Yeah, exactly. So they're obviously doing a great job building Joker's character here, right? Like this like definitely um, sadistic prankster who's out for anarchy now. And uh, that's that's what we're getting. Like he's he's um he's playing games with Batman and people are dying. And I think one of the I think one of the main points too with that cigar is he gives him the cigar before he gets the answer to the question. So this is a Joker who is killing that guy no matter what, right? Like he's not if he gets the information he wants to hear, it's not like he's letting him live. That guy is dying no matter what. Yeah. So Batman hears of the death of Albi on the police scanner and feels like he's being made to look the fool, right? So three of the thugs are dead already and he's a bit embarrassed, right? Like, how could this happen? How could three people be dead so quick under his watch? Totally. So Batman goes to the next member of the crew, Bigger Melvin. Now, uh, sidebar here, Dean, Neil Adams drew bigger melvin in the story to actually look like a dc inker named steve mitchell so it was his likeness in this book and uh, he just snuck it in there that's fantastic tell anybody so So can you imagine steve mitchell like going through the book and seeing that this guy looks exactly like him yeah yeah Uh, i got a good laugh out of that (laughs) that's amazing yeah but bigger melvin sees batman out his window and is scared he says oh my gosh the batman he must have found out it was me who mugged that geezer in Gotham Park. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Fucking awesome that this guy's recently committed a crime and thinks Batman's after him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, this next part here, dude, this this might have been my favorite part of the book. It's super, super cool. It gives you a chance as a reader to use your imagination. And mm-hmm. I just pictured myself like if I had read this as a kid. Now, I had only read this the first time just this past week. Uh, this was this was your choice to do. I just read this book. But if I was a kid, this is what in this book would have had me spending like 
you know, 10, 20 minutes on this page, just picturing things in my imagination. And I loved it so much for that. I I haven't really seen something like this in, in a long time in a comic yeah. book. They're at the dock. Okay. That's kind of where bigger Melvin lives. Like his apartment is like at a dock yeah. and he knows the docks. It's his area. So he thinks he can lose Batman here. So we get a bunch of these small individual panels showing bigger Melvin getting away. First, he ducks behind some crates. Then he jumps off one building roof onto another. Then he jumps down to a lower dock by the water. Then he climbs into a sewer pipe. Then he crawls a couple of blocks. And then he comes out of like a a sewer at street level. And he says he's a mile away now. And Batman immediately grabs him on the shoulder. Yes. And it's just, it's so much fun, dude. I I love it for lots of reasons. Like I love bigger Melvin doing all those things. And like, you just, you feel like maybe at the second panel, he's going to escape Batman and he keeps going and going and going. And then he gets out and Batman grabs him. And I love it for that. But I also love it for what they're telling us about Batman without showing us anything about Batman. They're showing us how powerful Batman is by showing us something this bad guy is doing. Yeah. And how good he is at that. Yeah, right. Like, Tim, this is my number three. Oh, Um, thank goodness. Yeah, I love that. This is one of my favorite parts of the book. Like you said, I have not seen this in comics. Like, definitely back then, when I was reading all those Batmans, uh, you know, through the years, I had not seen this before. Where, I mean, first of all, we had the setup of a new, I kind of mentioned it, a new villain who has like recently done something wrong. So he's going to be running away from Batman. So like already we have a new voice, like you said, like we're setting up a new guy and he's doing something different. He's reacting in a different way. So he books it. He's doing fucking parkour before we even knew what parkour was. He's, you know, jumping in sewers, jumping off docks, doing all these crazy things. It's like the opening of Casino Royale, which is like the best part of that movie when that guy's just parkouring everywhere. Um, And then, like, like you said, we're on board with him. He's doing all these amazing things, pops out of a sewer, and Batman's there. Batman's a step ahead of him. Batman knows the city better than him. And... Yeah, it tells us everything we need to know about Batman, like just raises him up for us because we've seen how impressive someone is and seen that Batman's one step ahead of him. Well, shit, dude, you just said that way better than I did. (laughs) I should have let you take the lead on that one. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Tim, I love hearing you talk about it for the first time and pull out the same amazing points that I love about it. Cool, cool. I want to listen to hear you talk about it. Like, I know what I think about it. I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, okay, nice. And it was well said, well said. So Batman explains the situation to Bigger Melvin, and uh, he agrees to go with Batman, but very quickly double-crosses him and clubs him on the back of his head mm-hmm. um, because he's still paranoid about the mugging. Uh, he's still paranoid <laughs> about mugging the geezer. Yeah, he thinks that Batman's <laughs> just trying to trick him and he take just, him to jail. He can't get off of that. He cannot get off he's of it. He's so paranoid he about that. He feels so guilty. <laughs> Bigger Melvin runs back home. Where the Joker is waiting, Dean, and the Joker hangs him. Batman gets there shortly after. He's still groggy from the clubbing. And Joker is still there and knocks Batman out. Now, I'm going to try to maybe guess your number four. Maybe your number four is coming up real soon right Mm -hmm. here. But hold on, let me say something. Actually, from the last time, 
I'm just going to let you take it away with number four, perhaps. Okay, okay, sure. Um, a couple things. I actually have a question before we get to number four. Okay. What does the comics code say about this guy hanging? Because we see his feet hanging. There's absolutely, yeah, one of the reasons I went to check, there is absolutely yeah. nothing about hangings. It's like, it's more like you can't glorify like criminality by yeah, yeah. by like hanging him. Like you can't show that the criminal, you can't glorify the criminal with him hanging somebody. Right? right or or the hanging yeah. couldn't show like nudity or something like that or but but just straight out hanging somebody it's interesting like there isn't a whole lot about killing people in the comic code it's right. more about like other stuff that people were worried about like nudity or right. or using the word terror or horror oh, yes. or horror showing words. a werewolf a terrible werewolf you know Horrible. all sorts of weird shit that's why yes. nobody liked the comics code because it was of such course. like bullshit right yeah and I, yeah, maybe Batman bursting in an apartment where there's just feet hanging like that. That doesn't really tell you exactly what happened. We know because, you know, we're adults that read it, but maybe a kid doesn't know what went on. True. Um, and yeah, because they don't show him hanging him. They just show that there's like some some feet and legs hanging. This is my number four. And this is probably my number one favorite part about the book. And that is Joker knocking out Batman. From behind, Batman unconscious, on the floor, Joker with his foot on his neck, and the opportunity to kill Batman stops himself and says, this isn't right. I just knocked him behind the head? Like, that's not our thing. Our thing is that I make up these elaborate games for him to play, and he solves them because he's the best detective, but then I win in the end. This isn't a win. Knocking him from behind and, and breaking his neck on the ground, that's not a win for me. And this sets up... The the thing we love about Joker in The Dark Knight, that he is the yin to Batman's yang. Like, he, they are destined to be doing this forever because Joker wants to come up with the elaborate schemes and Batman's going to solve them because he's the best detective. And to see Joker in this moment have that moment where he can kill him and pass it by because it's not epic enough. It's not dramatic enough. Like, he's such a dramatic villain that it has to be big killing batman in a in the room of like bigger melvin is not satisfying to him and i love that point yeah definitely 100 percent uh joker he calls it mere luck that he was able to best batman here and that's he not... just happened to be there killing melvin yeah that's not enough for him he says yeah. he, he wants to destroy him properly Dean, the Joker, he wants to outplay, outwit, and outlast Batman. Holy fuck, Tim. You are right. right. The Joker wants to be the ultimate survivor. Yeah. He would, the Joker would, interesting, <laughs> interesting, the Joker on Survivor. I'd like to see the Joker and Batman on Survivor. You're right. He wants to outwit, outlast, and outplay Batman. And that is, that is the only thing that would be satisfying for him. That's all yes. that matters to him. He doesn't just want to win. He wants to, like... He wants to, like he says, he wants to destroy him properly, which me, which means to him, like, um, being more cunning than the bat in a situation. He doesn't yep. just want Batman to like wander into something and and Joker shoots him in the in the stomach or something. You know, he wants to he wants to have a plan that yep. works. He wants his plans to work. And the writers in the future who um, pick up Batman comics like from 73 on and pick up this 
aspect about the Joker write the best Joker stories because of this moment right here. Um, there's there's moments that happen like later in the future, many years in the future, where Bruce Wayne goes up to the Joker and tells him he is Batman. And Joker doesn't even care, doesn't even listen, because that's nothing. Bruce Wayne is nothing to him. He doesn't even want to hear it. He just wants Batman, and he wants to defeat Batman. And knowing that it's Bruce Wayne is information that he doesn't want, he doesn't need. Mm -hmm. So Batman, as he's crawling along the floor here trying to get up, finds a mixture of crude oil and sand on his face from where the Joker kicked him. Detective Batman. Aha, uh -huh, it's a clue. Yep. But Batman doesn't quite have time to uh, sit down and figure it all out because he's off to try to save the last member of Joker's crew, Bing Hooley. Now, Dean, Bing Hooley was in an old folks home. He's over the hill. That's too bad. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave that guy alone. Batman arrives to find out he's way too late on this one. He is way too late. This is the first guy Joker went after. Like, yeah, way, 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 way earlier that morning. Amazing. I love that. Amazing. That's got to be, can that be your 4.5? That could be 4.5. Do you think you know what my 5 is? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. I think. I feel like my 5 is a little out there, but this could be 4.5. Okay, well, well, let's see if I can figure it out. Maybe yeah. maybe I don't know, but uh, this is just a little, little something thrown there in the middle, a little 4.5. But Dean, we... um. We learned that Bing Hooley left that morning with his dear friend, Mr. Genesius. And Batman, who's there looking for Bing Hooley, tells the nice lady that St. Genesius is the patron saint of actors and comedians. Ah. Dean, it's got to be the Joker, right? It's got to be it's the gotta Joker. It's got to be the Joker who picked him up. Actors and comedians? Come on. Um... There's another real cool panel here of Batman coming out of that uh, old folks home. Yeah. And they used a photograph to capture the architecture of the building. Oh, it's, cool. it's not a drawing. Okay. I think it's the only actual photograph they used in the whole book, but it's a photograph because it's like this old, like, um, I don't know. It looks like 18th century, like cathedral. Um, Definitely. Yeah. That I just don't think, I don't know why they did it, but it looks amazing. It's yeah, really I have cool. it open right now. It does look amazing. Another thing that I just like never really noticed. Um, yeah, looks great. Uh, yeah, so Batman figures out where the Joker must be hiding from the oil and sand clue. And he wants to try to save Bing Hooley if he's even still alive. But Batman tracks Joker to an abandoned aquarium near the sea. Now Batman moves in and the games begin, Dean. Oh, yes, they do, Tim. Tim, I fucking love this comic. I know, it's great. <laughs> it's Dean, so good. Joker throws a laughing gas grenade, but yeah. Batman had an antidote already for that. He's ready for that For shit. that old trick. And you know what? Joker knows that. He knows he's going to be ready. It's all part of the game. Exactly. The next room, Joker is at a chain. And if he pulls the chain, then Bing Hooley is going to fall into a tank with a shark. Dean, Joker says he'll let Bing Hooley live if Batman agrees to be handcuffed. And of course, Batman agrees, right? Anything to, of let, course, yeah. anything to let Bing Hooley live. <laughs> yeah, his best buddy, Bing. <laughs> <laughs> so the Joker, he chains up Batman's hands yeah. behind his back, kicks him into the shark tank, 
and then also pushes Bing Hooley in, and Bing Hooley's in a wheelchair, Dean. What a fucking and asshole. So Bing Hooley sinks immediately to the bottom. Yes. Now, the Joker takes off, runs away, mm-hmm. and Batman is stuck in this tank trying to save his own life and Bing Hooley's, yeah. and he starts fighting a shark. Of course he fucking starts fighting a shark. It is awesome. There's so many great panels of the fight. Yeah. I love it. And Batman, Dean, Batman is able to defeat the shark. Yeah, he like breaks the shark's either neck or back or something. Yeah, he uses his chain. He puts it like into the shark's mouth and just starts reefing on the shark upwards. And yeah, I guess like rips his, I don't know, breaks his face or something. I think, I think he like, so he says something about like, he can, he thinks he can snap his spine and then he keeps reefing on it and he's like, break, break, break. And so I think he snaps his spine or something, but like, yeah, the, the shark is like bleeding from like his mouth by the end of it. Yeah. Um, it's super cool. He rides that shark. Yeah. And just rips on him. Great art. Great art. Great panels. That's my favorite. It looks amazing. My favorite art part of the book is that uh, sequence with the shark there. It's so neat. Totally. Tim, we, we went past my number five, so I got to get to it. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's it's okay. It's a little bit of a shocker, but I, it kind of goes with number four. Like number four is Joker, like not accepting that he can just stomp on Batman's head in that apartment because he has a bigger plan. And my number five is learning his bigger plan. And his bigger plan is that he saved a shark from the ocean who was covered in oil. Like, he actually Mm. nursed that shark back to health. That shark was on the brink of dying. So just imagine Joker in that apartment with Batman lying on the floor. And he's like, oh, fuck, I spent like months nursing the shark back to health. He's like, this is all part of the plan. I got to let him find me and I got to throw him in that tank. Right. I like that his whole that his whole plan is that like it's so elaborate it gets like it's probably months of work to do that and then he just tosses batman in and batman just like the fight is part of it is part of my favorite moment where batman just takes it to that shark yeah for sure i like that number five that's really good uh i was a bit confused by the shark uh, until uh joker gets into that he did save it uh because um like the whole uh the whole oil thing and the sand it's like there's an oil spill that happens right yeah. close to that location and yeah. um joker uh, sorry batman knows that uh this location had an oil spill and the only way that joker would have sand and oil on his foot was because like if he was in that area yeah and yes the shark was in that area got caught because uh, my question was, it's an abandoned aquarium. Why would there yeah. be a shark swimming around still? Totally. Right? But then yeah. Joker later on says, like, yeah, I saved this shark. I brought yeah. it here from that spill. So, yeah, that's uh, nice. I like that number five. That's not what I was expecting, but I like it. Yeah. I thought maybe the shark fight. So Okay. Yeah. Well, like it's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's all part of it. So Batman defeats the shark. He grabs Bing Hooley's wheelchair and starts to, to smash the tank open. Yeah. And then Batman goes off after the Joker, who's basically just standing in the hall in the next room, like waiting for him. Like the Joker yeah. took off way, way before, but he's just standing in the room or in the hallway, like the next hallway for some reason. And that's one of the greatest fucking panels in the entire comic is just Batman running at him down the hall. He's just crouched so low. 
and he's like the cape is just flowing i for me I, I i don't know if we talked about it before just like you and me personally tim that the longer the ears and the longer the cape the better the batman looks for me and yeah, me too i'm a long ear batman and, and big yes. cape yeah Yes, and Neil Adams just makes this great flowing cape. I think it's so wild that a hero would wear this giant thing behind them. So I love when the artist uses it to their advantage. So like running down a hall, this cape just spreads out across the entire hall. It looks so scary. And that's the point for Batman. The point is to look scary. And I, I yeah, the Joker's just kind of standing at the end of the hall. And could you imagine this like Batman running down at him with this cape flying and he's just standing there? He'd be like, oh, shit, he wasn't supposed to get out of that. Right. And he was. And this is what the Joker says. I love this. He says, oh, Batman, I've seen you angry like this often. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> alive can beat you when the anger is upon you. There you go. And he That's, he he's turns around and runs away at that point because he knows yeah. he, this is the Batman he can't beat. Right. Yep. Um, totally. Joker heads outside and is running towards a car. And Batman realizes that if the Joker gets there first, he's going to escape. Now, Mir steps away from the car. The Joker slips and falls. And Batman catches up and easily beats up the Joker. And then, Dean, do you want to tell us about the joke ending they have? Uh, yeah, I could tell them the joke ending. Because I, um... really, I don't really like it all that much, but... I don't, I don't love it either. I, uh, yeah. I'll let you um, break the news to the listeners. Okay. Um, Batman thinks it's pretty funny that he caught the Joker and the Joker doesn't think it's so funny. Um, so the joke is that this is that, that the Joker slipped on pollution. So this is the first time that Batman is thankful that there's pollution in the world. It's not really a joke. Wah, um, wah. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a good joke. I feel like uh, Alan Moore in the Killing Joke uh, does it a lot better with the joke at the end of that. Um, this, it's weird. It's weird to have it this was joke. Weird. At the end. It's the yeah. one thing in this book that just didn't fit for me. Like I wish it wasn't I there. Agree. The book is so tight. You don't need to throw in some silly joke about pollution. It's just yeah. like. I don't know. That that's not the voice of Batman for me. That no. last panel is not the Batman in this book. I don't I don't know why they did it. I don't know. If that was... is it's interesting. That is like 60s Batman creeping in almost. Like, that's right. That's, that's a, a good point. That's a joke that you would get in that show. Um, I always kind of forget it and just pretend it hasn't happened because every time I get to it, I am like, oh, what's the joke? I forget what the joke is. And then I read it and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not a joke. Yeah. Um, that is the one thing uh, that is, yeah, that's kind of the the one issue I would have with the book. But like every other panel is perfect. The Joker didn't even get the joke, you know, like Batman's like, do you get the joke? And joke. yeah, Joker's like, I don't get it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it, it would have been better if the Joker's like, yeah, I get the joke pollution or something like that. That might have been like a little bit easier to swallow. Still awful. But the, the whole way that played out. Ah, it's kinda... I think why it really doesn't work for me at all is because batman doesn't give a shit about pollution when does batman ever give a shit about pollution right exactly it's like he cares about justice <laughs> he cares about revenge he doesn't care about pollution he didn't do anything when this when, when like when this uh oil got spilled he never did anything about that i don't know he's not like a environmental activist <laughs> Dean, that's superman's job yeah yes that is superman's job yeah <laughs> all right listen one more thing to do. Okay. What if? 
you know you know what if we just make some stuff up and riff on it oh this is only my second show so i hope i don't i hope i don't get yelled at by people or by you for for saying something that doesn't fit i've stopped yelling at you tim i appreciate that i felt really bad in the superman episode so i stopped yelling at you it's okay it's fine uh listen though what if this was all an elaborate plot by the Joker to get Bing Hooley a day pass from the old folks home? Ooh. He just needs some fresh air, Dean. I, Tim, I love it. Dean, he just wants to get out. Okay, hold on. Let me go a little bit further. What if Bing Hooley was the one who double-crossed the Joker? Mm. It would be very funny of the Joker to kill everybody else but leave the one who betrayed him as the only living member yeah interesting um that would be a funny joke for the joker to make he likes that kind of humor that everyone else it's funny joke that everyone else died and the guy who actually betrayed me was saved by batman um he probably could expect that batman would get out of there and save him in that situation right that's kind of the only well that's not true i was gonna say that's the only guy that batman had a chance to save but that's not really true Um, he's the first guy the joker went after He's also, yeah, it's also like you could see the Joker respecting the initiative in this guy, right? Yeah. Um, That he he took that initiative and just maybe left him, you know, alive because of that. Like, yeah, I guess there's the argument, like, maybe he wasn't expecting Batman to win in that situation. Maybe he was expecting Batman to win. Maybe he was just, maybe the Joker was just expecting to get to his car to be able to get away, right? Maybe the only thing that the only thing of Joker's plan that went wrong was that he slipped and fell at the end because of pollution. Yeah. Um, I'm actually like this. Some of the what ifs are kind of um, things that could never happen. I think that I actually do think now that you say it, that Bing is the one that crossed him because he went Joker went after him first. And right. Joker is smart. Joker. No, Joker would know who crossed him. So he went after Bing first. He has him as part of the elaborate plan to get Batman. And he just kills everyone else because if Bing gets away, then it's funny. It's funny to him that he killed everyone else. If Bing doesn't get away, then he killed the guy that uh, double-crossed him. I actually think that is 100% true. I've never thought of that before, but I think Bing's the one that crossed him, and that's why he's part of the scheme. I think so, too. Yeah. Great one. Tim, what is your final thoughts on the comic? I want to know what you thought about it. Uh, okay. Well, I loved it. Um, it was, a, it was a super easy read. It went really fast. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot happening, um, in this book, but I did have a question for you and I'm glad yeah. you brought this up. And, and it is cause I haven't read a lot of Batman. I've probably read, let's say maybe, maybe 60 issues, okay. 80 issues of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, why is this your favorite single issue of all time is what I want to know. So most of Batman stories are told in arcs. So I would say it's not my favorite Batman story, but it's my favorite single issue. So like, while while all the other, like while my favorite stories, I think you need every issue of the arc for it to be, um, part of my favorite. This one's my favorite issue because there's so many things set up in it for what I love about Batman in the future. So I I just love that. I love the detective work he's doing. Like, I know it's kind of silly that he gets the, he figures out what's on the boot that um, Joker had 
pressed on him and that's how he finds out where he is. But I like when Batman does detective work. I like this this thing that's set up between Joker and Batman um, that they're just going to forever be at each other's throats because they're they're the they're the opposites. Um, I think that's set up right here. I don't I don't think that was really set up before until this moment. Um, and kind of just running down all my favorite five things. I think it's beautiful storytelling and co- and, and a great use of a comic book. Um, flipping pages and not knowing what's coming and having this random villain or this random, I guess, like one of Joker's allies. This just this kind of random henchman in the comic do some amazing stuff where we're like oh that's cool like i like what that guy just did and then batman one-upping him i think there's so many moments like every page turn i love what's happening on every single page and if i have to choose a single issue i choose this one as my favorite if i have to choose arcs like if i have to choose stories there's ones that um i would put above it but that's because you get five six ten issues to like really get into the character and really get into batman um, but for a one shot for sitting down and reading one issue, this is what I would give to someone. Nice. So this is almost like a, a whole arc in a way, like yeah. in, in a short single issue, they're telling an arc. They're telling a full story yeah. and they're telling it quickly. And yeah, yeah, it just, it, it completes it for me in just this one issue. I don't need more than this. I don't feel like I'm lost. Yeah. It's just this one issue. Boom. That's it. And yeah, it's, it just stands out for me. Well, Dean, you're, you're not alone. There are lots of people out there who this is also their number one Batman issue of all time. Cool. So that is not just you. That is um, um, a consensus. Uh, so very cool. Dean, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, man. I'm glad we got to read it. Definitely. I hadn't read this before. Um, you have a lot of Batman knowledge and you're going to be bringing some more stuff to the table, which is going to be fun. So definitely he's my best friend. He's your best friend. No, wait, yeah. wait, everybody's your best friend. Yes. Okay. So everybody's my best friend, but Batman is like truly my best friend. Okay. Well, it's hard to believe who your best <laughs> friend is. <laughs> uh, all right then, Dean, thanks for joining Yeah, man. this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Definitely. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Why This Film Podcast looks back at the movies of your childhood. Join me, Emily Slade, each week as I step back in time to revisit the films that you grew up with. Maybe you haven't seen it for a while. Maybe you've watched it every day since you were eight. Maybe you totally forgot it existed. Whatever the movie, I'm here to go back with you through nostalgia untold and memories unnumbered. Together, we'll ask, why this film? That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.